As I read this great psalm of praise to our great creator God, I suggest that you try and imagine yourself as part of the great choir of believers worldwide. Just close your eyes and just, just sing along in your heart this song of praise. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from heavens. Praise him in the heights above. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his heavenly hosts. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him, you highest heavens and you waters above the skies. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for at his command they were created, and he established them forever and ever. He issued a decree that will never pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all ocean depths, lightning and hail and snow and clouds, stormy winds that do his bidding. You mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all cattle, small creatures and flying birds, kings of the earth and all nations, you princes and all rulers on earth, young men and women, old men and children. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted his splendour is above the earth and the heavens, and he has raised up for his people a horn, the praise of all his faithful servants of Israel, the people close to his heart. Praise the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Marion. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights above. You know, sometimes people look to the sky for answers in life. Astrology is the idea that you look up to the sky to find truths about yourself, about your present and about your future. Or maybe you're like the famous physicist Brian Cox. You see the enormity of the universe and its intricacy and the sheer gobsmacking brilliance of it all and you conclude this all happened completely by chance. It is sheer chance that the elements lined up in the right place for the Big Bang. It is complete coincidence that the billions of stars and planets are out there. It is an amazing turn of events that this one planet, the third planet from our sun, has exactly the right balance of elements to sustain life. But when you look, what you find when you look up in the sky actually is verse 3, praise him sun and moon, praise him all you shining stars. The celestial bodies are indeed proclaiming the truth. They are praising God. The answer you find in the stars is to praise the Lord.
put away your horoscopes. I mean, you might be saying it, he's only saying that because he's a Capricorn. Um, the answer you find in the stars is to praise the Lord. You know, people put their trust in all sorts of things on earth as well, don't they? That is especially true here in leafy Surrey, where you can have it all, can't you? Uh, you're making good money, you have a wonderful home, you've got a nice car in the drive, perhaps two cars in the drive, perhaps three or four lovely cars in your lovely big drive. And you're making a success of your career, aren't you? You work hard, you create prosperity for you and yours and for other people as well. You make a positive difference in the world. For those, in for those of you who have children, you put your faith in your offspring. You invest in them, you want them to do well. You want them to have opportunities that you didn't have. But what you find when you look at all these things actually is there in verse 7. Praise the Lord from the earth. Everything on earth is praising God. From the great sea creatures and all ocean depths to verse 8, lightning and hail. Verse 9, mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars. Verse 10, wild animals and all cattle, small creatures and flying birds. Verse 11, kings, all nations, princes, all rulers on earth. Verse 12, young men and women, old men and children. What on earth is not praising God? Well, nothing is what our psalmist says. Everything that is created is here, is praising God. Things on earth then are indeed proclaiming the truth. They are praising God. The answer you find on earth when you look at your stuff, when you look at the world, when you look at other people, is to praise God. What our psalm tells us is you only have to look around you to see God being praised. You only have to look around you to see overwhelming evidence for a creator. Because when you look around, your own spirit wants to join in your song of praise to God. Friends, it takes a particular sort of person to look at all these things and conclude that they happened completely by chance. That the hugely intricate design of the human body and the mountain ranges of the Himalayas are simply a happy accident. And that completely coincidentally, human beings have the capacity to understand the way it all works uniquely in our world. And as far as we know, in everywhere, human beings can understand it. We can make sense of it all. So even science, people sometimes set science against faith. But science explains faith in many ways. Because how have we got the understanding? How have we got the capacity? And when people pit science against faith, they ignore the th hundreds of thousands of scientists throughout the world who are Christians or who have a faith in one God or another. Our psalm says that everything around us is praising God, which 
explains why human beings experience amazing things and have a sense of awe. I was listening to a podcast this week with the ethicist and Dr. John Wyatt speaking, and he said basically there are only three prayers, and he's following John Stott in this, so I think he's probably right. There's wow, that's a prayer, help, that's a prayer, and thank you, that's a prayer. Wow is something we all just instinctively say, including all those people who've concluded that this is all here by accident. They walk out to an amazing site or uh, whatever it is and they say, wow. I don't know who they're saying it to, just themselves. Some people acknowledge this. Most people, I would argue, have a sense that there is somebody behind it all or something. Many people in our culture are confused. Of course, an atheist, your Brian Cox or uh, Richard Dawkins, <laughs> thinks that your response to beauty or the transcendent is just a random set of electrical impulses going off in your brain. It's just, again, a happy accident that's happened. Now, to go back to John Wyatt, he thinks that's a much more difficult position to justify than a reasonable, rational, and sensible conclusion that there is a God, and he loves you, and he made all of this. Our psalm tells us that creation is crying out the Lord's name. Your spirit responds when it experiences amazing things. You instinctively pray, wow, this is awesome. So when you look at things on earth, the answer you find is to praise the Lord. And one big problem with all of this is that people also have a tendency to worship created things. This is what the Bible calls idolatry putting something else in the place of God. So effectively, you know, as the astrologer is looking to the stars to find truth, the idolater is looking to stuff to find truth. And in case you're thinking, oh, well, that's okay, because I haven't got any little images in my house, I'm not making lots of stuff, it's everywhere in our society. I see this all the time in my own relationship to consumer goods. I'll give you a worked example. I recently bought a new pair of shoes. Don't look down, I'm not wearing them today. Let me walk you through my process. I decided my old shoes were getting worn out and in need of replacement. Perfectly reasonable, you might think. I spent time online researching the sorts of shoes that are available and I came to some conclusions about what I might want. And then I spent time looking around various websites until one of them had just the right offer for just what I wanted. And then I pressed the button and I ordered the shoes. Happy days, you might think. Now, during the time I was researching and finding just what I wanted in just the right place, I was quite preoccupied by the prospect of a new pair of shoes. And this is how consumerism works, isn't it? My new shoes arrive, happy times, I open the box, I try them on, they are great. I put them with my other shoes, I wear them, and then what? Am I happy? Am I content? 
No, I'm on to the next thing that I want. I'm reflecting on that and thinking about, actually, I'd love that now. Shoes aren't bad things. My new pair of shoes, is a, they're a good thing. Your feet and mine would be pretty dirty and sore right now if you didn't own any shoes. A house purchase isn't a bad thing. Leisure activities are good things and so is exercise and so is your workplace and so, so on and so on and so on. But all of them have the potential to crowd God out from the highest position in your life. When actually the creativity, ingenuity and fun that go into creating so many products or music or uh, theatre or TV or film or whatever reflect the creativity and ingenuity and sense of fun of our God. Verse 13, let them praise the name of the Lord for his name alone is exalted. His splendour is above the earth and the heavens. Our God isn't some remote figure, as some people think, sitting sort of somewhere behind creation, unknown and unknowable. No, our God is knowable. He has revealed himself to people. This is what it means for his name to be exalted. We can praise God because he has revealed himself in the person of Jesus. In our psalm, uh, where it says praise the Lord, and the Lord is in little capital letters, that translates to Yahweh in the original Hebrew. It is the name of God, it is the personal way that God revealed himself to his people. Verse 14, he has raised up for his people a horn, the praise of his faithful servants of Israel, the people close to his heart. The horn here represents God's redemptive love. He rescues his people. He makes things new. And Christians see this in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So whatever mess you're in, however far away from God you've walked, he has sent Jesus to take the punishment for the things you've done wrong and to restore you to life in him. And that means there is always hope and a future with God because of Jesus. So much for our psalm and what it is telling us. I have two issues this morning that you might want to commit to praying about. How does all of this affect your relationships with the people around you who don't yet know Jesus? What do they believe in? Do you even know? Why is that? Why is it that they believe what they believe? Because everybody has a faith position, even if it's putting your faith in the idea that there is no God, or putting your faith in the thought that you're not sure what you believe. I remember a few months ago, Graham was up here talking from the front about his approach to people that he works with. He said he's not trying to convert the people he works with or his friends. He is just trying, I love this phrase, he is trying to put a stone in their shoe. 
the vast majority of people who don't yet have a Christian faith are just not very thought through about the things they believe. This might really surprise you, but just asking your friends, your family, whoever it is, your work colleagues, asking good questions can be very effective. When they say something, how did you come to that conclusion? What is it that persuaded you? Someone said to me a while ago, you know, oh, the Bible was just made up by humans. That is such an interesting thing to say. I said, what, what, how have you reached that conclusion? And I don't have to say anything about what I believe. I just have to poke at them and see why they have reached that conclusion. Have they, actually? Or is it just something that they say? It can expose how people sometimes say really big things about life without ever really having thought about them. People do that. We take for granted, as Christian people, I think, that we have thought things through about life. Most people haven't done that thinking. And so when you ask good questions and you just poke at them, that can leave people really thinking about those issues. That is what it means to be putting a stone in their shoe, it's like they're walking around for the rest of the day thinking, I just didn't, I, what, something's bothering me about that conversation. I just, I haven't thought about that enough. If creation is praising God and our spirits want to join in, then it follows that everybody has a sense of that. How might that affect your, com your conversations with people? And the other issue then, if, if the first issue is, about those people you know. What about what preoccupies you? Where does your mind wander off to? Where has it wandered off to in the last 10 minutes while I've been speaking to you? What have you been thinking about this morning? What, beware the things that have more of your attention than God does. They may not be bad things. It is quite reasonable to spend time thinking about other things in your day rather than God. But beware when they crowd out your relationship with your maker. If something is getting ahead of your relationship with Jesus, pray about putting him in his proper place in your life. And that might mean you need to set something aside. It might mean you need to rethink how you relate to that stuff. So then, Psalm 148, as we come to the sort of end of this little set of psalms about creation, it tells us that the skies praise the Lord. It says that everything on earth praises the Lord. And they encourage us to praise the creator and not the creation. And they help us to point other people towards the creator as well. Now, we're going to have some ministry time a little later in this service because we're taking communion. There's a chance to just pray this through with somebody. Uh, we're going to have, if you're trained in prayer ministry, if you're one of our prayer ministry team, when it comes to communion, I'm going to get you up first. And then if you could stand on either side, I've got a little prayer. We did this a little while ago. Uh, I've got a little prayer that you can pray with somebody. Uh, just when you come up for communion, just go and you can pray that you will put God first in your life and that you will be part of that uh, praise 
that creation brings to everybody. Well, that praise, that didn't come out quite right, that praise that creation brings to our God that you can be a part of. Let's pray now. Just take a moment in the quiet to uh, press into what God is saying into your heart today. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His splendor is above the earth and the heavens. Lord, when we look up, we praise you. When we look down, everything we see is praising you. May we be people who praise you, not just with our mouths on a Sunday, but with our lives in every moment, in every day, in everything that we say and do. May we give honour and glory to you, Lord Jesus, because we ask it in your name. Amen.